inspiration, self-motivation, you know, being able to look back at some of those things and finding the inspiration of not only the fact that it was done or achieved or even I, I worked on it, but like the motivation to make that thing that was once great weak, you know, that thus far giving myself a better strength. Nobody Comes Here to Hide is a weekly podcast for the people who feel like they aren't seeing themselves or their current position represented in the media right now. The show features in-depth conversations with entrepreneurs, innovators, artists, and creators where hopefully you get a peek into their brain and learn more about the impact they're going to make on this world. This episode, ooh really great energy in this episode. I would also note that there was a storm a-brewing during the entirety of our conversation. And if that doesn't set a nice auditory atmosphere, I don't know what does. Certainly not hissing into the microphone. Anyhow, please enjoy. I appreciate you listening. So today on Nobody Comes Here to Hide, I have Tiger B, who is, among many other things, dancer, videographer, model, painter, author, actor, um, a stand-up, which was something I didn't know, stand-up comic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that I'm sort of, that's not a full picture of who you are, but thank you for being on the show. How are you doing? Oh, thank you for having me. I'm doing just fine. No complaints. Staying busy. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, so what, <laughs> uh, you do a lot of things. <laughs> This is what I've noticed. And I'm so interested in maybe what was the first of these titles that you gave yourself or that someone else gave you? Uh, Definitely 100% visual artist. Um, That's the from birth art attributes that I've been able to like really capitalize on. Uh, they weren't that great, obviously. <laughs> uh, I still consider them to be just okay versus, you know, fabulous. But uh, that's definitely my first, before I started dancing, before I started even picking up a pen to write words. Like, that's just the thing that I've always been able to state is the first art artistic ability I've had. Wow, that's, that's very interesting. Um, I wouldn't have known, but obviously... Based off of um, how I know you, that makes sense that I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Very cool. So what does one do as a multi-hyphenate? Like, how do you manage all of those things? I I, Honestly, I just, you know, some people say there isn't enough time in a day. I say there's more than enough time in a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of just go off of that realization if I want to take time to, you know, work on my speaking abilities, if I want to take time to maybe start a piece or finish a piece uh, as far as like digital artwork or airbrush, or if I want to take time to dance or train, if I want to take time to work out, there's more than enough time, you know, me being awoke, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's more than enough time to be able to split things up in a day or some days I'm, maybe I'm not feeling one thing as much as the other or maybe one day i'm feeling 100 percent dance and the next day 100 percent comedy so you know i pay attention to just like parents are supposed to pay attention to their children as far as like what their interests are mm-hmm. i do that on a daily with myself what am i feeling today what am i you know leaning towards when it comes to maybe starting a project and kind of running with that um and then making sure that no matter what, either on the clock or, you know, on the week, whatever the case may be, you know, I, I don't leave anything alone unless I'm really having a harsh, drawn, like, road towards something, you know. But there's always time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One mm-hmm. thing you got to tell yourself, there's always time. You just have to make sure that you spend your time wisely. Mm-hmm. I really like the the idea of um, interacting with your identities as children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah very interesting so I tend to, go uh, ahead i tend to try to explain a lot of things to people as if not 
speaking to them as they're a child, even if they are. It's more so explaining things to people as if a child is in a room. Um, you know, when you break down things, when it comes to like the adolescent mindset, you know, they have some level of, you know, knowledge, but you want to make sure you can break things down to the point where even if you're talking to yourself, you're not trying to overcomplicate your thought process. You want to keep things simple, basic. So that way, when you need to refer back to that moment, everything is fully there detail wise. Mm, Very interesting. I think I have a different uh, mental framework. (laughs) I think I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm very interested in um, how far I can complicate something just for myself um, and still understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) But again, that's like for my own internal dialogue. That's actually, that's a pretty great thing because I mean, I do it once I get deep into my artistry, but mm-hmm. as far as picking what I want to do, I keep that very basic. All right, how am I feeling? But once I understand where I'm feeling, um, where my setting is, then it's kind of, you know, uh, all right, let's work on some details and let's get into like how to make this thing better than, you know, maybe the first thought that I had when it came towards it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's good. You, at least you, at least you know how to think for yourself, you know, you know. <laughs> You, you know, 100% that you want to make sure that you <laughs> overcomplicate things because it's best for you versus, mm-hmm. you know, the other way around. Well, we don't know that it's best yet. I think <laughs> it's fun <laughs> and I have time right now. <laughs> um, over the, the course of your life, um, how have you, if it's different than what you already said, how have you gone about like, devoting or figuring out where to focus your energy in each of these fields? Uh, Honestly, it's kind of like a emotional first come first serve. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that is a a very keen part, you know, being, everyone knows being an artist, the more passion you have, probably the more deep meaningful like attributes it'll show and everything like that. But for me, I guess I kind of just, I kind of wake up and I get my quick workout in and I shower and I get my like shake in. And then now I'm like, all right, well, what do I feel like? Do I feel like maybe sitting down and kind of looking over something I wrote maybe the day before? Do I feel like working on a piece right now? Do I just want to train? Do I just want to listen to music, kind of find like a new, you know, mindset when it comes to like pushing out a vibe? kind of first come first serve which is always great I, I did take some time beforehand where i really had to kind of make myself go on a certain path it's like no i gotta do this gotta do this and that's fine as well because there's nothing like you know understanding your level of dedication and then pushing it so you know when it comes to i can't tell you how many times morning wise where i was learning a new style of dance and i was in university it was just one of those things where it's just like all right i'm getting up and i'm going to (laughs) my dog sorry i'm getting up and i'm going straight to you know the studio before classes are even starting and i'm there an hour and a half just to make sure i train for myself and then stretch for myself before everybody else tells me you know what to do and what to work on you know there's a, I'm really big on self-inspiration, self-motivation, you know, being able to look back at some of those things and finding the inspiration of not only the fact that it was done or achieved or even I, I worked on it, but like the motivation to make that thing that was once great, weak, you know, that mm-hmm. thus far giving myself a better strength. It's, um, you know, it, I guess it depends on where I am, what I'm doing, and like, the amount of time within a day that I have to maybe either travel or work for others or work for myself, or if I'm working on an event or if I have a show, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, especially these days, it's a uh, first come first serve because not I don't have to spend the whole day on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Wow, you gave me a lot. I had a lot of tangential thoughts while you were talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, the first thing that I would like to get into is you said pushing out a vibe, and you almost said it as like a throwaway thing, but mm-hmm. as an artist, when you are creating or 
maybe when you're presenting, if you're in two different sort of mindsets about that, what is your your goal in like the most general sense? Does this make sense? Uh, to be like very direct, just to be honest with whatever I'm creating. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes I think everybody, especially every artist these days, you try to find something that maybe you know, a buyer would like a person that is investing in you would appreciate more. And then you start to maybe like, maybe you're going down the same road, but you, you know, your, your wheels are a little wiggly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone has found themselves in that, but I tend to maybe visit that. I'll say very few times per year. Cause normally I just, I just like to be honest with whatever I'm creating so if I'm doing stand-up, the stories are coming from a true background, even if I embellish a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the honest part is for me is, all right, I'm doing this because I know that even though the story is funny, I want to make sure I can reach out and touch many people who are listening. Or if I'm, you know, about to teach a class, for most people who take my class, I think almost everyone knows, like, I don't make it up anymore beforehand. I'll find the song on my way to the class, you know, that particular class. Or if I'm at home and I'm doing a virtual class, then maybe like 10 minutes before or something like that, I'm like, oh, YouTube, like, all right, let's find the song really quickly. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's, um, it does two things. I treat workshops differently from class, from regular class. Um, and I treat the workshops at a convention different from both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, what I end up doing is making sure that I don't overcomplicate it because the more time I have with a song, especially, so I say 96% of the time, I don't know the song. Mm. Um, I'm just listening to it a couple of minutes before I'm using it. I'm just trying to make sure that it doesn't say anything wrong or offensive or, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But, I tend to make sure I don't overcomplicate it because if I know a song, I'm going to know every little E-N account, every little clack, every little clap, every bass, and I'm going to want to hit them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, no matter if it's that level for a conventional workshop or if I just find the song, it's very pleasing for me to be honest with like how that song makes me feel. That's for that, that I'm pushing out like, that's the vibe I, I like to push out. It's like, all right, this is how I feel. This is what I see. I'm, I'm playing with the wordplay or I'm just, you know, going directly with the actual, you know, music instrumental and just like honestly going with the flow of like how it's making me feel. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Wow. 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 <laughs> Very cool. That, that leads me uh, directly to while you were in school and to a degree, maybe when you were still developing your your voice um, mm-hmm. in any of the the uh, artist, oh, any of the mediums. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. Um, <laughs> what did? How much conflict was there between what people told you to do or what people told you w- was the thing to do versus mm-hmm. what felt honest to you? And did you ever? at any point feel a little bit like, Oh, tiger, I just got lost in the sauce. Like <laughs> I need to go back to, I need to go back to tiger B, you know? Oh man, that is a loaded question right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's for the most part, I haven't had that many conflicting moments when, when it comes to like me losing myself, mainly because I, I take, I take a really strong standpoint and, and, and a good pride when it comes to being able to understand who I am um, growing, even though I might know who I am still growing to be a better person. Um, I love if someone's going to give me notes, mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person to shun those off as if I already know, because the thing is the best thing about being human, there's always room for more whether it be more knowledge, whether it be like being more fit, whatever the case may be. Um, 
So I, as far as notes, anybody in school may be saying like, this is what you should do. This is what it needs to be. Da, da, da. I've always accepted those. And I've always, while accepting those, understood that that's the typical, that's the history, or that's the, I'll say that the, the baseline platform to make sure that you're doing that actual stylization. Mm-hmm. But that's that stylization. That's not me. You know, now they can merge and I can have a fusion of those things. But at the end of the day, I might hear something totally different from them, might see something totally different from them, might feel something totally different from them. So for me, it's a, it's a pleasure to understand maybe what the general mindset might see and feel. And I find it wonderfully weird that I might feel totally different because at the end of the day, we're not all the same. You might have several light points that makes us cross hatch, you know, down that road. But at the end of the day, for me, separating who I am and understanding the history, baseline, vocabulary, feelings of the general public have always been different. Um, and then on top of that, as far as finding conflictions, as far as like being lost in, you know, creating for others versus I guess I would say staying 100% true to what my plans or desires or needs were. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too many times. I, I, I tend to stand up for myself, even if it's going to possibly put me in a bad position. Because if I find myself needing to stand up for myself, I've already assessed in my brain that, okay, this isn't right, or this is wrong, or this is just in, like indirect to what I've been told before. There's a miscommunication maybe. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to clear things up first, just giving all parties the benefit of the doubt, myself, the other people, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Uh, but for me, I think I've, I've only maybe had like four, and I'm just guessing like four or five times max where I've had conflictions. And I've opened my mouth almost immediately, just just making sure that whatever that thing was, wasn't going to go too long. Um, or if I'm having that confliction, I just, you know, go into mindset and just state to myself, oh, don't forget, you know, maybe this is a job and that's what they need. But that doesn't mean that you have to adapt to them 100%. Mm-hmm. You adapt to them, you know, you need to be the chameleon. So that way, when you get back to your settings, you feel great, you feel fine, you feel at home with all the colors around. I love that. Be the chameleon. That's awesome. So it seems like, or what I'm hearing is that self-advocacy is either highly innate or a decision that you made a long time ago. And that is fascinating to me because I'm just now thinking about values and like value systems. Mm-hmm. and. And I'm interested to know about, I don't know, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on values? Like where, mm-hmm. where do they show up for you? How do they manifest during conflict? Ooh, dang, that's a good question. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I surprised myself. Oh, man. I w- <laughs> well, first and foremost, shout outs to Denise. <laughs> if, you, if, if the world doesn't know Denise by now, that's my mother. <laughs> you see any of my comedy special? Her name pops up pretty much ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I I've always this. My mother instilled so many quotes within me um, that I still remember. I guess what I feel is all of them. Um, but I remember from a really young age, maybe like four. I'm guessing four. Uh, my mother was telling me, uh, you know, when you grow up, you're going to be a leader. And I'll be smiling. Okay, whatever that means, mom, you mm-hmm. know. But then she always goes, and remember, someone's following you. That's also your fault because you made them believe something. So if you're a leader, you got to be responsible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from early on point, if you just listen to things like that, you know, you start to instill value into that kid. And that kid starts to grow up understanding that, you know, there are things liabilities and faults and you know moments where you have to step up maybe for yourself maybe for others maybe for you know the room um i tend to find myself if there is well first it it takes a it takes a lot for me to 
and I have steam coming out the ear, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, even if, if I feel that coming on, if there's a person, there's there's different settings. So if there's a person, there's one of those things that just I'm just going to let you know right now, we need to have a better conversation. This is going in the wrong direction. I'm trying to communicate with you. I'm not trying to argue. We can disagree, but that's still better communication versus where I see it going. I try to say that, you know, when I first feel this though is going in the wrong direction, thus far everyone is aware of, you know, maybe what they're giving off or maybe people aren't on the same page. Communication for me is a really strong attribute as far as like who I am, what I do, and what I want to continue with everyone that I'm involved with. So I try to make sure that first I communicate. And this is like true story. I'm not saying it because I'm on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's one of those things where I really do push it, whether I'm, you know, whether I was in a relationship, whether I was in a business setting, whether I, you know, I'm talking to maybe an assistant or intern, whether I'm talking to maybe people taking my class, it's just what I push out because I understand that, you know, my set of vocabulary or energy behind the particular words might mean something different between, you know, for somebody else. So I try to do that. If I get into a, a deeper zone, I'll just go quiet. You know, you got to go quiet sometimes. You just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you talk because I know if I say something now, who knows where life is going to go, you know? So you got to, got to be cautious sometimes because, you know, people even in the heat of the moment can hear you, but don't know how to calm down themselves, you know? So I tend to take those people for who they are and I continue to let them be, you know, who they are showing themselves to be at the moment. And then once things start to calm down, I'll go back into, all right, I tried to tell you, mm-hmm. you know, this is going in the wrong position. You know, communication is, communication is every, how many, how many old folks we got to listen to before we get it. When you say, you know, communication is, this mm-hmm. you gotta have communication. You know, I heard it when I was really young thus far. I just listen and go for it, you know, shout out to my grandparents, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If I have a conflict with my artwork, I just, you know, I just curse, get it out there, get it out there, get it out of my system. I'm, I'm pissed, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm by myself. So it's fine. <laughs> Very interesting. You've said vocabulary a couple of times um, in the last like 30 minutes or so. And uh-huh. I just remembered that the class that I took with you was called hip hop vocabulary. Um, yeah. And a point that you made that I really resonate with is that it doesn't really matter or the words that I say, um, you, even if they're common words, we just might have a different definition of them or a different mental picture of them. And that's something that I'm recently like really understanding when it comes to communicating with people because it's just... We're all, we all have so many filters that we like, some are invisible, some are like highly visible to us, like internally. Um, But yeah, this whole language thing, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about it. Uh, It's it's funny because I, so when I was a kid, I had different levels of punishment. And one of those were, you know, if I did a particular level of like, you know, a bad thing, I would have to write the dictionary. You know, I have to open a page and maybe I'll have to do one page, two pages, 10 pages, you know. And this was when uh, I when I was a kid, I was a terrible reader. I, I I'm reading was like the English language is and it has always been one of the worst languages ever. <laughs> you know, the options, the, the pronunciations, the new vocabulary, the forgotten vocabulary, the slang vocabulary, there's so much into it. Um, but when I was a kid, I was all about the math. I'm still all about the math. But, you know, I was more so about the things I can get quicker versus the things that took me a little more time. So reading took, took me a little more time just because, uh, you know, I had the basics, but, you know, when you start getting, I forgot what grade or, you know, age that was. When you go from, like, really basic words to, like, hey, now you're doing spelling bees and, you know, spelling tests and things like that. Whatever age that was, I was like, this is not right. Something is wrong with life, you know? Mm-hmm. So my mother used to make my punishment be writing a dictionary. So 
uh, clung on to a few words that no one ever uses. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that, I also noticed that there are some basic words that maybe I don't even know. Um, and I love it too, because it's like, oh, teach me, let me know. You know, that's why I started learning Japanese. And then that's why when I travel somewhere, maybe I won't get your full language, but I'll know some words, you know, within your language. So I know words Russian, Ukrainian. It's, it's, it's like, it's great, it's wonderful. It's just all a great learning process. So when you learn a lot, you tend to understand that you know a lot. And then maybe the person you're trying to teach doesn't. Thus far, you, you find similar words, but then you also find, you know, different outputs as to how maybe that person can get it, you know. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll say left, or then maybe I'll point and I'll say over here, or then maybe I'll, you know, slow down my speech and I'll say your left leg and I'll hit it twice. You know, some of those are visuals, some, some of those are sound effects, some of those are, you know, actual definitions to us. But, you know, it depends on how a person takes it. So, yeah, when, you, you, when you're using your vocabulary, whether it be movement or speech, it's very important to understand that you might be the only one in the room knowing what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you got to make sure you do your best to clear things up for multiple people. Yeah. Yes. I very much agree. I recently did this really awesome class. Um, shouts to the people who are listening to it. Um, but one of the things that I noticed is like a weakness of mine is I, I fail to communicate my vision. Um, mm. And part of that is because of like an independence streak kind of, of just like anytime I've wanted to do something, I just get it done. <laughs> gotcha. um, and it was not in my nature, I think, to ask for help. And we can unpack that some other time. <laughs> hey, hey, we can but, talk about it. It's all good stuff. <laughs> but so it is. Wants to know about you too. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is very interesting to just see um and and that's a lesson that I've learned a lot over truly the past like 12 months where I just keep trying to include people into my creative projects um mm -hmm. and or do creative projects with other people and I'm just constantly seeing myself not communicate uh what is going on in here yeah, but the best thing about that is that you're human, thus far you can always become better at it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a choice to do such, but, you know, some people can't see it, some people deny it, but the good thing is, like I said, is that you see it, you understand, like, what could be better next step, making it better, you know. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's the best way to live, that's the best evolution for oneself and for those around you as well. You know, if you can start to communicate, you know, those actions, start to communicate those thoughts on a higher scale. You know, there's less confliction, less confusion, less, oh, well, I thought that, no, you know, mm -hmm. just being very clear with everything. And that boils over to every aspect of your life, personal, business, adventure, you know. And yeah, it's very, it's very important, you know, you just, sometimes you got to just put it out there Sometimes you got to, if you know that, like, you say wrong things from time to time, you know, sometimes you got to have that quick thought. Just start training yourself to have a quick thought and then say it. Quick thought and then say it. Because uh, never saying it is the, the worst thing out of all the options. I agree. I agree. Um, so it feels very much like you enjoy teaching, or at least you enjoy sharing knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I want to transition a little bit more towards tigerbee.com as a business and okay. how you go about supporting other artists. Okay. Yeah. I, um, even though you, I, so tigerbee.com is a multi-purpose website, just longevity of like happiness, events, career moments, connections with people, connections with the world versus like just, you know, my home base or country, wherever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to TigerBee.com, helping other artists, I normally try to do my best to tie those into my events. Mm -hmm. I've been able to have events um, here throughout the USA. Uh, I've even had events over in Hong Kong before, which has been great. 
Um, and then the the way that I tie all these things in together by having an event depends on where I am, lets me know what type of artist I'm going to, I guess, have more of compared to the other possibilities. But take my last event. My last event was here in Philadelphia. And I had, whew, let me see if I can remember. <laughs> Everything's been shut down for a while, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had two comedians. I had one poet. I had three dance performances. Um, well, I had two straight 100% dance performance uh, groups. And then one was a, um, they did a, they did do a show, a movement show, but it's more based around movement versus just dance because it's a mixture of also, um, they had a mixture of martial arts, which was also part of their whole deal. Um, and then on top of that, I had visual artists there. I think that particular show, I had six visual artists there. Um, but then I'm also I'm creating a space where I'm helping these people understand what marketing is and how to market. I'm helping these people understand, all right, this is how you start to push this visual out there as far as what you're going to do, whether it be performing or whether it be you're selling a piece of artwork. Um, just giving these people a platform to either sell, whether it be their, their artwork or tickets to their you know performance show, or I'm giving these people a platform to gain more awareness to who they are, whether it be social media, whether it just be you know their class. Um, I'm giving fellow artists the platform that I didn't have and created for myself. I didn't wait for anybody to create it for me. Um, but I also know that I'm not a typical artist as to figuring out how to do things. I have a, um, from what I've been told, a very keen sense as to figuring things out. Um, also, I have photographic memory. So that helps me. And putting those two things together really helps me. That's why I'm able to, like, catch on to things really quickly. Like, you, you know, when I'm teaching class and you're in class and you're learning it for the first time, I'm literally learning it for the first time myself. It's just I see myself do it, and then I'm like, okay, then I know where that is, and I know what that is. Um, when it comes to helping these artists, especially at my events, there are certain things I'm trying to make sure that they understand, try to help them, you know, I guess, not search for the next level anymore, but, you know, have the next level with that event or with the, you know, business of working with me. And this is even when it comes to um, uh, when I do video projects with other performers, you know, it's it's marketing for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Anytime I do, because uh, I know some people think otherwise, but anytime I do videos with uh, other dancers, for the most part, um, no one's paying anybody. It's just us working and building on something that will help us no matter what. I, you know, give credit to everyone that is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm working with other people in these videos, even on the TigerBee.com, I'm pushing these other performance artists because I know and I do believe that they should be out there a lot more because maybe just their work ethics are just above and beyond some people who just believe that they are mm-hmm. top-notch queen and really they're not, you know. Um, it's... it's you know, I, I tend to surround myself with other fellow good artists personally. And then when it comes to TigerBee.com, I'm inviting other artists in to see how it works and how it goes to build this, you know, hopefully lifelong network with all these wonderful people. Because at the end of the day, you know, from artist to artist, all we really need are for, you know, everybody else who believes in us to show it, do it, and hopefully work with us so that we, we can all grow at the end of the day. You know, they're coming to my event, people are coming to my event. So it's working with me, helping me, TigerBee.com. But, you know, I make my events about them. I normally try not to even, I, I make sure that I do my best to be in the background and let them be the foreground. You know, longevity for me is making sure I can do all that because I'm not going to be dancing in 30 years. You know, I will be just maybe not at the clubs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> for me, it's, it's 
you know, building these, this thing with these artists in a correct and positive way. Because I've done some things with some companies where it's just like, you know, you guys are ripping off artists, you know, just, you know, it's, it's not right. And that's one of the things that made me start taking TigerBee.com as an individual going around the world and doing all this stuff to taking TigerBee.com and making it a family affair and family as in artists, other hard workers, you know, motivational speakers and all those people who are trying to bring lightness and positivity and progression to the art form and other people as well. Yeah, that's really great. (laughs) That sounds... So how often pre-COVID were you doing these events? Um, honestly, each year had a different number and then different type of events. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have dance workshops, which is an event technically. Right. Um, so it depends on where I am. It depends on who I'm working with, what time of the year, how busy I am with my personal careers. Um, I try to I try to have several dance shops. Uh, dance workshops per year um which i invite other teachers from i try to get other teachers from different um countries while they're visiting wherever i'm going to be at i try to give them work because i know how it is when you're traveling and you're just trying to get more work and you're trying to get more popularity in that area because you know you don't know everyone everywhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i try to normally bring that because that also allows for people to take those individual classes that they'll, you know, before pre-COVID, you know, where everything was virtual, right. where now everything is virtual and everything wasn't then, they would have never taken their classes, you know, taking, you know, my girl Frida from, you know, Sweden, mm-hmm. you know, or while I'm in this place or that place, I'm trying to get other people to come in and join. So I have those type of events. Um, I'll say at least three to four, five times a year dance workshop wise Mm -hmm. just depending on where i am it might not be you know all in the same location uh and then these type of events these artist events that i have on the psychopy.com i just started working up to get them to three times a year this Mm -hmm. year i was going to actually have so many more but you know Um. we'll save it for next year (laughs) you know i want to be able to do that you know that run every month, you know, maybe excluding December because, you know, December is a heavy month for everybody, but uh, that'll be great because for me, that puts me in a wonderful position to help so many artists around, you know, the world. Because so many people visit LA from like, you know, East side of Asia, you know, so Japan and China, they they go to LA so heavily, you know, Mm-hmm. And then just having so many great people, family, friends, associates, you know, uh, university buddies and, you know, all that type of stuff in Las Vegas is so wonderful as well. Uh, shout out to the Bradders. They just got uh, they just got married last year. Man, time is flying. It's over the year. Shout mm-hmm. out to them. Those are my people out there, family for real. Um, but then even having, honestly, just on this coast, being able to, like, make sure that, you know, the Beast Coast is what they call it. It's like we're always on our ground. We're always trying to push. And it's true. It's, it's so heavy yeah. here. So just we giving don't these relax people over here. Did again? We do not relax on the East Coast. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's, it's you know why do it now? I do it when I get old. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to build, trying to build, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but just giving them a platform to maybe have an art show three times a year. You know, compared to like not knowing where to go to have an art show. You know, that's wonderful. I would love to get back to Hong Kong, but I think it's going to be some time before I do that, just because of all the stuff that's happening here, there, and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would love to get back to do there. Don't use me lightly. Let's have Mm -hmm. an event. Let's have this. Let's have that. Don't just have me for workshops. Let's do more. Let's do more. We got to make sure we are not just doing workshops because I'm not in the business of making money. Money is what I make because that's what I deserve. I'm in the business of connecting, pushing positivity and progression, you know? So that's what I want for everybody that TigerBee.com is associated with as well. Pushing those exact points, building and making like good steps, not just like, you know, tip taps. Mm -hmm. 
It's very interesting. Sorry, I'll win it. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. Um, it's very interesting the way that um, the beginning of this conversation felt very much like we were talking a lot about like an internal understanding, um, mm-hmm. a focus on staying honest to yourself. But it also feels very clear to me that you're like very generous, very giving. And so I wonder how much like your, your internal, let's say security allows mm-hmm. you on a, like a mental or emotional level to be so externally generous. I have a lot to give. I have no problem doing it. I have no problem making myself exhausted from doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd rather do that than an alternative to that statement, mainly because you never know. You know, I I think I would say up until maybe 2000, I don't even know what year, to be honest with you. But there's a certain point where I just kind of saw a flip. Where I, I, you know, I've done a concert and working for, you know, singers and done a choreography, doing a choreography for them and, you know, back backup dancing and all that stuff. And then I did a flip where I went back to doing underground uh, arts and things like that, but then more so pushing my particular self career versus building my career off of other people's names. I saw this flip in that like two year span that I was doing them both, but really trying to make sure that I leaned a little bit more towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this flip where I just had so much energy and I'm inspiring a person after another, after a thousand, after a couple of thousand, after this, after that, that it just made me never want to stop it. You know, when, when you're able to when you're able to project who you are and inspire somebody, that's a feeling that makes you, it, 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 you should feel honored and proud to be in your shoes because you're doing all these right things for people. But then on top of that, you want to make sure that you understand, I guess I would say you understand where you are as you're doing all of those things and you're not just doing them. So for me, you know, I, as I was doing those things, I really understood that, you know, this is one of the things I was, boom, I was, I'm here on this earth to do, you know, I can, I can push out energy more than most people that I know. And I have so much energy and I have so much this and I don't drink coffee. You would think that I do all the time, you know, mm-hmm. it's so much that I do have. So it's like, I might as well give it. You know, what's the point of me keeping all this energy? What's the point of me only inspiring myself when I can inspire, you know, you know, the social media world, when I can inspire my class, when I can inspire, you know, people halfway or all the way around the other side of the world. You know, it's, it's the point to me of understanding that this is who I am. This is also who I love to be, not because of what it only does for other people, but also what it does for me. It makes me feel happy to know that this is who I am and this is how I always want to be, if not only better, you know, mm-hmm. I have a lot to give. And when it comes to mentality, that's where it always stays. Just knowing that, you know, if I want to chill, I can also chill, you know, I play with my doggy, you know, mm-hmm. me and him just chilling, walking down the street. We take so many like 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. walks around like the city. You know what I mean? It's just because no one's out and I don't leash my dog. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we just walk, you know what I mean? Like that to me is, that's me time. I always give myself me time, you know what I mean? When I'm doing my artwork, I'm doing, you know, my arms are going, my eyes are eye-hand coordination, you know, mode. But, you know, my mind is assessing all these other things. It's just like, okay, you know, well, hey, all right, so we want to do this, we didn't do that. All right, should we contact this? Okay, cool. But then sometimes it's just kind of like, let's just listen to some music, chill, vibe, you know what I mean? Sing a little yeah. love song. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, cacao. Now we're on to the seedling round where yeah. short questions lead to tasty answers. Okay. <laughs> where has been your favorite place in the world to dance? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a popular question, but I just don't have one. Mm. So many places, so many places have so many different things to offer. 
Mm-hmm. I take every opportunity as that opportunity. I don't want to do it like a lot of people do with their exes. It's like, now I got a new boyfriend and now I got a new girlfriend. Now I got a new, you know, now I'm comparing them to the other one, how they're better, how they're worse. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You can live and learn. Yes. But the experience that you're in, you should realize that that, that is the experience you're in. Mm-hmm. I, I have so many stories from around the world. Oh my gosh. And they're all so different. Mm-hmm. Even if they're similar something still different about it you know i've been on I, I remember i had this concert in uh south africa i was in johannesburg and seventeen thousand, no nine uh, nineteen thousand people and i'm like i'm on stage okay I, i've been there for maybe but at that time i was like there for maybe like three or four days already mm-hmm. but it just clicked to me that like i'm in mother in africa <laughs> Dancing in a concert mm-hmm. with nineteen thousand people watching, and I just stopped. I just literally—I was on stage. I just stopped. And I just looked around. I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing something right." The <laughs> <laughs> moment that, like, is very different from, like, say, if like, I had a different concert in uh, Turks and Caicos. Very different. There was probably maybe, I say, like, I say, like somewhere around a thousand. I don't know the number exactly, mm-hmm. but like somewhere around there, it's it definitely fewer than that. Cause it was like a smaller venue, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm, I'm on a stage there and I'm, and I stopped again. It's just, it's something that I started doing with almost every concert. Just kind of like look around, look at the people. Cause it's just, because honestly, it's just, it's an experience. Each one London's different from Turks and Caicos, different from Ohio, different from LA, different mm-hmm. from, you know, Manitoba, different from it's everything is so different. I, I have, I, I don't have a favorite place. So many great memories in so many different locations, especially if I have friends or family there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the parties are different. <laughs> I say the parties are very different. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite uh, m- movement, either in style or like? an actual move. You, you're not going to like me. <laughs> you don't have one is what you're going to say? I don't have a favorite movement. <laughs> <laughs> I have movements that I have to focus more on at times. Then what is, what was the most difficult um, style when ballet. you were like initially learning ballet? Ballet, because I was always used to being so... I was used to being more fluid, quicker, uh, strong power movements. Mm-hmm. And I would say very grounded with my weight usage. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to ballet, the fluidity with it was more of a muscle usage when it, uh, when it came to like how, how to use that fluidity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on top of that, wasn't as grounded, and that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm grounded with a lot of the motions that I've done, but I, you know, I can jump and flip and all these other things. But ballet was just different with how you had to do it. You know, being and pointing your toes while you're jumping, like what? Versus just like jumping up and you know doing a butterfly twist or something. In case maybe, so mm-hmm. I would say that just because it was so opposite up to everything I've had up until that point. But once I got into it, um, shout out to Eva. If you're in Philadelphia. Shout out to Eva. That woman is a beast. Um, she definitely took time out of her busy schedule to help me understand some changes that I needed to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I caught on to it and started doing very well. Started, you know, getting offers to, you know, maybe do somebody's like show here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was wonderful. Uh, I don't think I was ever perfect at it, which is also great because it just made me also continuously just work and work and work and work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which medium of expression uh, has stretched you the most? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think all of them are taking me in such different places, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. They've stretched me, but they stretch different parts of my brain. Mm-hmm. They stretch mm-hmm. different parts of like my strengths, stretch different parts of my weaknesses to 
reformat them into like attributes that would make me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm like a lot of people. Some I think I think now maybe a lot of people know, but not everyone knows that I'm color. I'm I'm classified as colorblind, but I can mm-hmm. see color, just not how you see color. Mm-hmm. So I can see a red light from a green light. No worries, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I'm painting, apparently what I see is not what you all see. Um, so, you know, that's a stretch when, you know, somebody maybe hires me for a commission, you know, and they want these particular colors. So now I have to go up and above and beyond to make sure I get this color palette the exact way and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. but you work with those things and you, you, you grow as, you know, as an individual to make sure you're able to achieve those things. Mm-hmm. Um, cacao. That ends this evening round. <laughs> I like to end the episode with three things. Okay. What is your greatest ambition manifested Ooh. on the on the show? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Just continuously showing love to those who show love to me. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to Denise once again. <laughs> Um, and I always like to ask, what is a question that you would like to leave my audience with the question of the week? How did you advance today? (laughs) How did you advance today? Okay, great. Yeah, I think that would be it. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been a freaking delight. <laughs> um where can people find you and connect with you? Uh you always find me forever in a day at tigerb.com. Make sure you spell it with a Y, T Y D E R B dot com. Uh mm-hmm. definitely on my Instagram, um Y Tiger underscore B underscore. And I mean, don't be shy. You see me on the street, say what's up, you know, just don't mm-hmm walk straight to my face and we were good (laughs) (laughs) approach him sideways with a mask on (laughs) approach me waving yeah don't don't abruptly tap me on my shoulder (laughs) Uh, that's funny well thank you so much thank you as well thank you for having me Mm -hmm. hello welcome to the end of this episode thank you so much for listening i really appreciate that i really appreciate you i hope that you got something out of this And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests. And it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayaka.